0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you find yourself in this entire world, I welcome you. How are you doing, my friend, my warrior? I hope this week finds you well. You know, not everybody who is a bereaved individual experiences anger surrounding a loved one's death, but those who do sometimes misplace their anger at the wrong person. Let's look at the various individuals you may be angry at. First of all, the person who died or was killed. A lot of bereaved individuals don't really want to consider this. For some, it's blatantly obvious. For others, It's under the surface and it's really scary to admit that you might be really, really angry with your own loved one for whatever happened that caused their death. You might be giving them excuses. Did they not take care of their health? How many times did you encourage them to go to the doctor for that lump and they just disregarded it? How many speeding tickets did they get before they rolled down the ditch? They've been in and out of rehab how many times? Before they finally overdosed. You might be angry because they knew they were sick, maybe even dying, and they chose to keep it from you. Or they waited so long to tell you they were ill or in the hospital and you couldn't get there in time to see them or say goodbye. There are so many reasons you could be angry with your loved one. And you might feel at times you didn't have a right to these feelings, but you do. They may feel somewhat overwhelming at times, since they are something that can't be changed now. And it is natural to feel them all. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. You will slowly work on releasing them so they don't harm your health, both physically and emotionally. Another reason for anger are the circumstances surrounding their death. If your special someone suffered for a very long time with many treatments and hospital visits, You might feel how unfair it was that the treatments didn't cure them. If it was a sudden death, you might be wondering why this manner of death. No matter the manner or circumstances of their death, nothing can change that. It's complete. And it also sucks. And I know you might be thinking, does she have to be so real? Maybe so blunt? But I'm not here to sugarcoat such pain. I've helped so many people over 35 years in this field. And with each person, I always gave them the exact truth so they could move forward and not stay stuck. And so that's what I'm doing here with this podcast. I will always tell you exactly how it is, like it or not. Because so many people tiptoe around us when we are going through the grieving process, and you need the truth so you can heal. You need to know what you are feeling is perfectly natural and normal, so you don't spend days, weeks, months, or even years deluding yourself about various issues surrounding grief. I want you to learn from this. Keep my words tucked into your ears and heart know that you can move forward regardless of what anger you feel. You just need to allow yourself to acknowledge all that anger and realize that many people go through the same types of anger you are going through right now. This will get better over time, if you let it. Another reason for anger is the fact that you weren't with them when they died. And the sense of feeling out of control that this brings. Unlike several decades ago when families mostly lived in the same town or close enough to drive over for a visit, we now live states away, sometimes countries away. And while technology gives us the ability to go on our phones or computers and see the other person from around the world, it's not the same thing as being in the same room to cuddle with a dying person or looking them in the eye and telling them how much they mean to you and how much you love them. You might also be angry that they died suddenly and no one from your family was with them when they died far from home, especially in the case of our military brave hearts. You are grateful for their buddies who were with them, but you still feel that twinge that it was in you, and the first time you saw them again was in a flag-draped casket. Maybe it was something sudden like a car accident, flood, fire, or maybe a hurricane. It might have been an overdose or other manner where they took their life and you think that if you were with them, perhaps they may not have taken their life or hastened it along. But I want you to remember this. We do not have control over everything in our lives. And I know you just hate that. We will never be prepared for the day it takes our loved ones. You may be angry with the physicians and other medical personnel who took care of your loved one prior to their death. Some survivors become angry before their death, perhaps at a doctor or other relative regarding whether life-saving measures could have or should have been taken. Others find out after the death, perhaps through an autopsy, that there was a mistake or wrong medication, or other situation which caused your loved one's death. Carelessness and malpractice is unfortunately among us. Another thing we had no control over. Yes, you can sue, but ultimately, the money will not bring them back. It can only punish the medical professional, so another family might not have to go through what you're going through now. Others that you are angry with could be the surviving family members and what they did or didn't do. Perhaps a sibling or another caretaker put your parent in a nursing home or assisted living and they were not treated well. You wish they would have just taken care of them by themselves. Maybe someone was more interested in their money than their care and it haunts you. Perhaps there were disagreements about whether to turn off the life-saving machines and let them naturally pass away. You fought with siblings over your mother or father's wishes not to resuscitate, even though she made it or he made it very clear. They just weren't prepared to let them go. They said words they can't take back, and it made everyone miserable instead of coming together as a family you might be angry with God. How was he involved in this? What part did he or didn't he play in this? I remember thinking after Angela's murder, exactly where was God when she was going through this? I just couldn't settle that in my mind. I dealt with that for years, but ultimately, I needed his comfort more than I wanted to blame him. If you are blaming God and can't figure out His part in all of this, give yourself a break. You can let that broken record spin around and around in your head, and you will never have this settled until you yourself die. So please get to a place where you allow yourself to not go there anymore. That record doesn't serve you. It only makes you more angry. Write a letter to him with all of your hurts. Get it all out and then burn it. It's time you lifted that burden from your soul. It's so important. You also might be angry at a caregiver who couldn't give you the attention you wanted. A family member who needed to care for that person who was so sick for so long and never really had time to spend time with you. But someone needed to be the caregiver. Maybe a parent, spouse, child, or sibling was extremely ill. Perhaps with cancer treatments or a chronic illness like ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. Maybe the treatments were far from home. Your wife or mother attended to a sick person, their spouse, sibling, child, or parent, and the needs of the other children in the family, well, their needs faded into the background for quite some time. And you, as a husband, wife, brother, or sister, along with others, felt neglected and invisible. The entire family was put on hold because of the illness of one member. The chaos in your family was too much for everyone. It was only about the sick family member, not you. And you blame the caregiver for not having enough time and energy for you. You almost feel abandoned. Maybe more of the household chores were put on you. Maybe you were expected to take care of younger children. Whatever the added responsibilities were, You felt burdened by something that you had no control over. And now that they have died, which could have been expected or unexpected, how do you and your family come together again? How do you create a new life together? Heal from all this pain and anger? Especially when you might be thinking, we spent all this time, all these months and years to help our sister get well again. And it never happened. She died anyway. So what was all this for? But just for a little while, put yourself in their shoes. What if you were the one juggling all those responsibilities? What if you had to take the lead, knowing you didn't have the time or energy to give attention to everyone in the family beyond the ill family member? You had little sleep, didn't know how this would all turn out, stressed over their illness, treatment, finances, and then had absolutely no time for yourself personally. Everyone was pulling you in different directions. You tried to do it all, and still, no one was happy with you. Can you imagine how emotionally painful that would be? You might be angry with the person who caused the death of your loved one, whether it was a drunk driver, a murderer, perhaps a car crash, or someone who cut in front of them on the road. There is definitely a difference between an accident and an intentional act that caused their death. There are people who act negligently, which causes deaths, like a person who didn't take care of their brakes, and it caused them to crash into your loved one's car and kill them. And there are people who intentionally take the life of those we love, like murderers, those who sell our family members drugs laced with substances that kill. You might also be angry at the justice system, which did not prevail. If your special loved one was murdered, going through the trial, even if you get one, is an eye-opening experience. After Angela's murder, in an effort to help guide other members of our support group, we attended more murder trials than I care to remember. I was amazed how unfair so much of this process was. There were times they couldn't bring the case to trial because the only witnesses they had were not credible, or they didn't have enough evidence nor witnesses to even go to court, or the district attorney decided it was safer to get some time for the murderer by striking a plea bargain than it was to bring the case to a jury. When this originally happened to us, I didn't even know anyone could attend a murder trial in any courtroom in the United States. I thought that only those who had a case were allowed there. If you have experienced a murder of a loved one or a drunk driving death, I encourage you to find others, either in your community or via telephone, who can guide you through the criminal justice system's long and winding road. No one is expected to know this process, and when you're trying to learn it while grieving this horrific murder of your family member or friend, you need help. And finally. You might be angry with yourself for what you think you might have done or didn't do. What you might have said or didn't say before or at the time of your loved one's death. And you have regrets about that. You feel that you really didn't get a chance to finalize things with your loved one. They were taken. They died too soon. You didn't get a chance to say goodbye. And you're angry with yourself because you thought you would have had an opportunity at some point in the future, so you didn't take it when you had the chance. Never did you think that that was your last chance to say and do what you wished you had done. How could that have happened? You may deal with anger toward many of these individuals, most beyond your control. You may be angry with people who have treated you badly in your grief, said the wrong things, did the wrong things, were inconsiderate, and didn't treat you well. Others of us become angry maybe over unscrupulous acts of a funeral director who did not have our financial health in mind. Still others of us become angry by offensive words we heard while we were in our fragile state or because we felt they did or didn't accommodate our needs as we expected they would. You might be angry in general that you are the survivor. Maybe you're angry because you had to go through this alone, without your loved one, or because your support system doesn't live near you. It is okay and natural to be angry when you feel your loved one has abandoned you. Even in death. Especially if their death has caused a whole host of situations you now need to deal with, which you didn't have to deal with when they were here with you. So let's look at some acceptable ways to express our anger. Again, exercising. (laughs) I know. But the more vigorous the activity, the more frustration is released. You need to move your body every day. Take a simple walk to start and then keep going. Dance with me at the end of each episode. And dance during the day too, so you will feel good about things. It might make you smile. You might scribble on paper, draw out your feelings. Writing down on paper in letter form all the anger you are feeling toward the person who died, and all the anger that has developed since their death. This will be a great release for you, even if you feel somewhat guilty telling them all your feelings in such a letter. Then tear it up, burn it, or release those letters on a balloon somewhere serene, a park, a lake, the cemetery, the ocean talking about your anger with someone, even if it is an anonymous hotline volunteer or local bereavement counselor. You can find resources on my site, marymac.info, where you can find crisis lines around the world and national bereavement organizations, which can lead you to services in your community. Yelling in the shower, the car, or some other private place can also bring you solace. Men have told me how after their children's murder, they would scream in the car because it was a private place where nobody would ever know or hear their pain. You might also play sports to help you get a lot of your frustration out. You could take a towel and scream into it. I'd love for you to learn the Emotional Freedom Technique, EFT, also known as tapping. Beating a pillow with a back scratcher or throwing it up against a wall many times will unleash that unspent energy. You need to get that out of you. Visiting a gym or installing a punching bag in the garage. Allowing yourself to release this anger until exhaustion is sometimes what you need. Anger, which builds and is not constructively released, can lead to many additional problems. It can lead to serious illnesses such as heart attack, stroke, and other life-threatening illnesses. The inability or choice not to effectively communicate can suppress our immune system as well as lead to depression. It is said that depression is anger turned inward. Some adults mask their pain with alcohol and drugs, either prescription or illegal. Others use promiscuous sex and risky behaviors to disguise their pain, which will not support them, but instead only lead to other long-term problems, problems that will complicate their pain and only cause them more anguish. So please, don't dismiss your anger. Work on whatever you are feeling. Use EFT, work it out, write it out, punch it out, scream it out. But whatever you do, promise me, you will get it out. So now, let's get up. I want you to dance, dance, dance. Throw your arms around and feel the music. If you're in your car, wiggle in your seat, move your shoulders, have fun. you for being with me today. Remember to write five things each night in your journal that you are grateful for. Subscribe, rate, and review my podcast wherever you listen to me. And please consider buying me a coffee if you'd like to support my work. You can visit my sites www.marymac.info or themarymacshow.com. And you'll find the cute little cup on the lower left hand corner. And that would mean so much to me. And as always, remember to be happy because you deserve to. I'll speak with you again soon.